Hello, welcome to another episode of Hope with Danny, a podcast dedicated to inspire listeners everywhere with weekly stories and personal testimonies from our wide range of guests. I'm your host, Danny Daniel, and thank you for listening. I am particularly honored this morning on Hope with Danny to have Sean C., who is the lead pastor out at Athens Church. That's also my church. I'm going to call it my church. Uh, to go over how he got started with the church, uh, some little bit about his family and where he is now. And I think this will be both entertaining and informational as, as well. First thing, Sean, if I understand that the first order of your church was in Cedar Shoals High School gym, something like that. That's right. Yes, sir. Um, my family and I um, had been working at um, North Point Community Church in Atlanta Um since 99 and in the fall of 2004 we moved to Athens and uh, spent a little bit of time trying to kind of see if some folks would be interested in, in helping us uh, start a new uh, a new kind of church we hoped we thought and um, so yes sir we started in the fine arts building at Cedar Shoals High School in January of 2005 was the first service well you've come a long way since then is un- unquestionable about that uh, uh, what really encouraged you to do this? Uh, there's a guy in Atlanta, maybe North Point, uh, called Andy, St- Andy Stanley. Did he help you at yes, all? Sir. Yes, sir. Uh, Andy's helped me in more ways than I can even uh, express. Uh, first of all, when Bonnie and I were first married, we were married really young in college. And Andy um, became a real mentor in my life and really began to just see some uh, promise in me, which was a blessing in a lot of ways because I had made a lot of poor choices throughout my teenage years and early college years and uh, just, you know, didn't really have much direction for my life. And so Andy became a real uh, a real mentor for me and then uh, hired me to work at North Point and really helped me to understand. I think, you know, part of the question that you just asked me is is a little bit of the why. And I think um you know, I, I can't speak for any other churches. I can only speak for my experience and, and the churches where I've been involved. But for much of my life, um, church, it seemed, was for churched people. And uh, I didn't grow up as a churched person. Um, some people grow up. My wife did. And, and, and church is just a part of their rhythms and their routines. And that's what they do. And uh, I think for people in our culture who... Um, who don't grow up that way, or that's not their experience. I think they think church isn't for them. And so um, Andy helped um, give me really a heart and a vision for this idea of what if we could create a church for people that don't really go to church, um, that that's not really their thing. And so uh, he was a, a huge, a huge mentor, uh, helped create a lot of vision for me and, and really paved the way for what we were trying to do here in Athens. Well, it's certainly been paved with very wide uh, lanes. I don't question that at all. Uh, you've had you've got two sons. No, a son and a daughter. No, sir, you're right. I've got two sons and a daughter. That's right, three kids. Uh, three, uh, three's yeah. uh, three's a good number. I've got three sons, and uh, yeah, yes, sir. Th- the reason it's so important to me is how I got to your church. It wasn't okay. that I found out about it. It was the same way. So many people get there. My son. Ty said, Dad, you need to go to this church. It was back when you were in classic, the Classic Center. And yes, sir. Uh, I said, I'll get, we'll give it a try and see how we go with it. And uh, that's how we've got there. And we haven't left maybe in 10, 15 years. I don't even know how long. Because wow. I tell people, uh, Sean, if you ever go there one time, you'll come back. Mm-hmm. Thank you. 
And uh, I believe that's that. because of a, a number of things. But one is it's not like going to church. Uh, mm-hmm. So many people have grown up that way, and they've really gotten tarnished about that because they don't get the message. And your church is so different, as you said, because it's a place that your sons, your children have grown up in. And also, yes, uh, it's a place that is different because you've got as much emphasis placed on music as you do on the message. Is that yes, kind of right? Oh, no doubt. Yes, sir. I think, um, again, we've just, you know, re-asked this question. If we were going to try to create a church that people who don't go to church would enjoy, what would be some of the factors, what are the things happening in their world that they would um, connect with? And one of those things for sure is music. We're a very musical culture as a whole. Um, and so, uh, you know, music is something that you actually see uh, a lot of in, in scripture as well. And um, so it's something that we want to lean into and make the most of. And we are very, very blessed to have some incredibly gifted musicians uh, who have incredible hearts. And um, so, yeah, th- that's, uh, yes, sir. That's been a really, really wonderful part of the the Athens church experience continues to be uh, every week. And I, we, we hear um, just, just a, a, about um, a week and a half ago, um, there was a, a young girl who got baptized at Athens church and we were talking to her just before the service and um, kind of preparing for things and asking about her experience and her words were, she said, I feel like God lives here in this uh, building. And, and, you know, you and I know that God's bigger than a building. But uh, she said, the, the reason she said that is she said, because each time I come here, I just feel like God really speaks to me. And one of the things she said is when the music begins, it just begins to be a really emotional experience for her. And music is emotional. It's an emotional thing for many of us. And so um, that, that has clearly been a, a really wonderful part of Athens Church, without any doubt. Well, let me ask you this. Where, uh, where do you get your musicians from? Are they on staff there? Or are they just some of the local people, all the local talent we have? Uh, where do they come from? Yes, sir. They, um, they kind of come from all over. Um, we do have a worship pastor, um, Adam Kirsch, and he lives uh, here in Athens, and he is on our staff full time, and he leads all of our other musicians and a number of the other musicians are just um, people that do music uh, for a living. They, they, many of them live in the Athens area as well. Some live in the Atlanta area and make their way up on, on Sundays. Um, but uh, yes, sir, we, um, we've, we've built some long-term relationships with a lot of these people and it's actually amazing. There are a number of them that have now made their home in Athens and Athens church has been a big part of that. I think they felt like they're a really big part of the community and, and they definitely are. Well, one more comment about that. I think the music ministry there is just as strong as the uh, message ministry is. I mean, I'm just touched. I'm, I feel emotion. I feel like the Holy Spirit is there, and you all do a fantastic job with that. Matter of fact, you do a better job with those two combinations than I've ever seen in any church, and I'm like 72 years old. So that's a long well, time of going different places. That's incredibly honoring. Thank you so much. I will definitely— pass that on to our team that works so hard to do that every week. Um, they, uh, they rehearse and prepare and, and do their best to, to do what they do very well and takes a, a lot of effort. And I'll definitely pass that on. That's, that's very encouraging. Thank you for that. Well, before we get too far into the interview, I want to thank uh, April Gaddis, who is your assistant, 
Uh, we've been yes, back sir. and forth for the last month, and and uh, I hope that Bonnie's better. Didn't she have a little bit of yes, COVID? Yes, sir. She did. She did. She caught COVID uh, earlier in the year, and um, right at the honestly, right about the turn of the year, and she's doing great. Yep, she it was it uh, got her just for a little bit, but fortunately, she's doing very well. Thank you for asking. Well, to say that she's been a spent inspiration to you would be an understatement, would it not? <laughs> no doubt. Yes, sir. She has been. A massive gift to my life. Bonnie and I have been married for 28 years, and she has been uh, just the source of um, really God's grace and, and kindness and um, in so many ways and, and really helped me to grow as a man and challenged me in more ways than I want to be challenged. And she, is, she has been a, a really, really wonderful part of my life. Well, you know, I grew up Presbyterian, and that's about as far off from what we do at Athens Church. Uh, and I, I never saw a baptism. Uh, until we got there. And now you've probably bad, baptized hundreds of people, if not more. And yes, I am sir. touched with that. The, the reason I'm touched with it is, is because of what it means to the people mm-hmm. being baptized, but also their story is just fantastic. Yes, sir. Uh, I just, oh, it's n- without any doubt, it's one of the most exciting parts of what we get to do. And it's really why we do what we do. Um, the reason we do it, you know, we've said that our, our mission is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus. And wherever you are on the spiritual spectrum, that's our heart's desires that we can help you take a step further in that uh, relationship. And and when that happens, when a person specifically puts their trust in Jesus as their Savior, one of the things that uh, the Bible talks about is a, is a public declaration of that. And uh, one of the ways that that's been done historically through the through the centuries is through baptism. It's been an opportunity to to share part of your story, to share part of your testimony. And so we, uh, we do that most often with videos, give them a chance to kind of prepare that ahead of time. And uh, it's just such a powerful and, and special part of, of what we get to do. It's a, it's a real privilege. Well, I am honored for that, uh, that you do there, the baptism. But of course, I'm never afraid to ask anybody on the street or otherwise to come to that church and see what mm-hmm. y'all do and they'll be touched by it. And I think that's uh, what brings us to where you are. Now, you, you, you've come up from the Cedar Shoals uh, facility to yes, sir. to Classic Center. And then that's you right. came out and started building this huge church from uh, the shopping center. What was that? Walmart right. was there or what was there? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we were two and a half years at Cedar Shoals High School in East Athens. And then we were four years in uh, the Classic Center in downtown. And all of those years, we were what's often called a portable church. We were a church that didn't have a permanent meeting facility. So we had a group of people that got there really early in the morning and set things up and stayed a good while after church and, and packed things back up. But then in um, 2011, um, so 10 years ago now, um, we bought um, an old Walmart and what had really um, fell in disrepair, this entire shopping center, had uh, Walmart had left it several years earlier. And uh, the shopping center had just really gone downhill. And so um, none of the shops were really thriving back in this area. And uh, so we bought the old Walmart. The rest of the shopping center still existed at that time, but we bought that in 2011. And then in 2013, or we bought in 2010, we didn't start services to 2011 because of construction. But in 2013, we actually bought the rest of the shopping center and um, and then we expanded into that in 2016. 
And then um, in 2020, we just um, opened our, our green space where we tore down part of the shopping center and created some outdoor space. Well, it's more than an amazing uh, spiritual facility because not only do you have something for the seniors, that, older people that come there, but you have a elementary school, you have, a, uh, I guess I call it a junior high school or middle school, and then you have a high school. So yes, your, your young folks are just as involved as the older people are. Uh, I, absolutely. So, um, yes, sir, we have environments for all of those age kids. And um, it is, without a doubt, the most um, enjoyable, energetic, um, just positive thing that we get to be a part of. Uh, our environment for our smallest age kids is called Wamba Land. Uh, Wamba is a Swahilian word uh, that means creator. And uh, so we uh, really are trying to make a lasting impression of our creator on the hearts of those youngest kids to let them know. We, we try to teach them three basic truths in that area, and that is that God made me, that God loves me, and that Jesus wants to be my friend forever. And that's what we try to impress on the hearts of our, our youngest kids. And then as they move into elementary, uh, we have an environment called Upstreet. And again, we have three basic truths that we're trying to teach uh, those kids. Um, and uh, that is that um, I should treat others the way I want to be treated, that I should make the wise choice, and that God can be trusted no matter what. And so we're trying to impress that on those hearts. And then as we get into the middle school and high school years, that is called transit in middle school and inside out in high school. And in each of those environments, they have their own large group setting on Sunday where they sing and where they are taught and where they have fun and whatnot. And then they break into small groups during that same hour. And so, um, so for instance, my son, my oldest son is 20 and he's in college and he spends his Sundays as a ninth grade small group leader. And so he shapes these kids has important conversations with them and it's a part of their lives. And actually um, this coming weekend, we're going to have a really big event in our city where we'll partner with about 20 other churches in the city just for middle schoolers and high schoolers to all come together and have a really special, uh, memorable, fun and spiritual weekend. We call it the mix and uh, it's, it's a really special thing. And so there'll be lots of, lots of students in our area that'll get to be a part of that. So yes, sir. What happens in our uh, environments for kids is just, um, it's unbelievable. And I, I, can, I can say that because my we, we've personally been a, a recipient. My, both of my oldest sons have been through all of those environments, and, and they have just absolutely loved it. It's been a tremendous blessing. Well, I agree with that, and that's why I said that my son brought us there. It's the most comprehensive. Hey, folks, it's the most comprehensive uh, children's ministry, I think, anywhere. I, I really would say that with no reservation. And uh, those children help bring that church to a more spiritual atmosphere by long shot. Uh, all right. Tell me this. When, when, uh, you have a Sunday meeting, they're usually on Sunday. Most churches are, uh, yes, approximately how many volunteers do you have putting that together and how many, uh, visitors do you think you have? Yes, sir. Obviously, um, with, uh, with COVID, yeah, everything has changed, right, for people, and, and hopefully we'll move past this season at some point. But um, so, you know, the, the numbers of things have all changed for sure. So I'll tell you kind of before uh, COVID happened. Um, before COVID happened, on an average Sunday, if you take the 52 Sundays of the year, 
um, there would be about 37 or 3,800 people um, that would be on average at Athens Church, and that includes the kids and adults. So um, a little bit less than, than 4,000 people. Um, and in terms of the volunteers, now we have volunteers all over the place, which is a huge blessing, but everything from our guest services, which are welcoming guests all over the building to production, doing things behind the scenes to all of these family ministry environments. But also we're a, a church of small groups. And so we have people that volunteer as small group leaders to lead. Like my wife and I, we're in an adult small group and tomorrow night our small group will meet. And uh, so small group leaders are a part of that um, volunteer force as well. So there, there, there are about a thousand people that volunteer in some capacity um, on, a, on a pretty regular basis. That's more than amazing. And I can tell you that I have benefited for about five, maybe five or six years. I'm not sure going into different groups because you change it up about every year or two and get into a new yes, group. Sir. It's the best way, I think, to get to know people, get to know their Bible thinkings, and not only that, their spiritual thinkings. And uh, we get six people together, and we have dinner once a week. Uh, and it's, yes. boy, you don't want to miss that. That's for sure. Yeah. And uh, yes, sir. I, I can really appreciate that. All the years uh, that I went to Sunday school class, it was fine, but this is much more intimate uh, when you get together with, with five or six people. And I am amazed that you talk about 3,800 plus or minus uh, people coming to that uh, sanctuary, I call it, uh, that uh, benefit from it every single weekend. Uh, yes, sir. Now, even though this word COVID had a personal meaning to you, but and it does to a lot of people, but it can't be the end of the world. Uh, you have to keep yeah. going. And the way y'all kept right. doing that is, of course, virtually like anybody else did, but you're back somewhat to normal you have a good crowd coming in they just maintain what y'all call is a physical distance not a social distance uh, yes, I, I maintain that a social distance means that you're really distant but a physical distance means you're just apart uh from a, a small distance uh as, as well uh, yes, i i applaud you for that and uh you know you you got so much good there uh that you can't go to that service on sunday whether it's, is it 9.15, 9.30, and 11? Yes, sir, 9.15 and 11, that's right. You, it's impossible for you to go there and not be touched. Uh, I'll say that over yeah. and over again. Thank you. Because I think what you provide is what we're trying to provide. Uh, I don't know exactly what hope means to you, but throughout the notes I've got here on you, you mentioned it a, a number of times. If we can all get hope in a number of ways, whether it's from Jesus or it's from our daily lives or both, uh, we're getting somewhere. What, what do you yes, think sir. your definition of hope is? Well, I, uh, I definitely try as much as possible to anchor my definitions of important topics like that in, in the scriptures and the Bible uh, when, when it's addressed. And hope is definitely one of those things that is very clearly addressed in, in scripture. You know, I think just societally hope is, um, you know, a, a positive view uh, about the future, right? It's it's a looking forward to something that is brighter or better or more positive. And so um, undoubtedly, we all want to live with a hopeful perspective. We all want to live with the idea that tomorrow can be better than today and, and that there are um, good things ahead of us. And, and specifically, as you open up the scripture, um, you know, one of the amazing things about the scripture is that it doesn't just view life in terms of just the number of days that we have on this earth, but 
specifically, um, there is an eternal perspective. There's a life after this life. And one of the things you hear over and over again in, in the Gospels to talk about the life of Jesus in the New Testament in general is that Jesus came to offer an eternal hope. And, you know, Danny, I think um, that's a powerful idea on so many levels, but I think it's really significant to, to men like you and I and, and, and maybe others that are listening to us today. I mean, I, I'm 50 years old. You mentioned you're in your 70s. And we've lived enough life to know that, um, you know, tomorrow isn't always going to be brighter. There are hard things ahead of us, right? There are difficulties in all of our paths. And at times um, that can make life seem hopeless. You know, just this past Sunday, I met with a a young man. um, He's about 30 years old. He's married. They have two small kids. And um, he just told me that he's been diagnosed with a disease that he's probably not going to survive. And that's an incredibly difficult thing to process. And so all of us have these different difficulties that we come across. But the beauty is, uh, you know, that Jesus came onto the scene to offer a life that goes beyond this life and therefore a hope that goes beyond uh, this life. Um, you know, just a, just a famous classic verse that that many people, even if they're not Bible people or Christians, might have heard of is John 3.16. It says that, God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that whoever believes in him wouldn't perish, but would have eternal life, would have everlasting life. And so God um, has, you know, from day one been about this idea that he's going to offer something that is truly eternal. And so for me, that's where I anchor my hope. As a matter of fact, there's there's a verse in First Peter. Um, Peter was one of the disciples um, who uh, lived with Jesus, hung out with Jesus. And he says, he actually says to set your hope um, on the coming of Jesus, on this eternal life idea. This is an interesting idea that he says um, to to be intentional about choosing where you put your hope. And, uh, you know, again, we've lived enough life to know that if you put your hope in the stock market, that's not always going to work out well for you, right? If you put your hope in your kids making all the right choices, that's not always going to work out the right way. And so if you put your hope in political outcomes, that's not always going to be uh, a source of great joy. And so um, that's why uh, I think Peter encourages us to set our hope um, on this eternal life. Um, it's a life that's really interesting where uh, the, uh, the apostle John describes it, eternal life as a place where there's no more death, mourning, crying or pain. And that is just an unfathomable uh, place, an unfathomable idea. And so that, that to me really becomes the anchor of my hope. Now, I will say as well, it's my experience that following Jesus makes life as great as it can possibly be. It makes your relationships and your internal peace and everything as great as it can possibly be. And so I have hope that God's going to continue to do good things in my life while I'm, you know, alive on this earth. But, uh, but the real idea for hope, I think, for me, is anchored in, in eternity. Well, I certainly go along with that. Uh, I think life should be anchored in faith, hope, and love. I think I got that from somewhere. And yes, also, sir. in this day and time, how about either living a faithful life or living, living a fearful life? I choose faith. Yes, sir. No, no question about that. Got it. We need that now. Uh Oh, no doubt. Yes, sir. That is a, a huge, a huge tension. I think we've seen that on 
you know, on display in our country within the last year. I think, um, you know, even people that have faith have been have really battled fear. But I think you've definitely seen, you know, a huge percentage of our culture that doesn't have faith in, in anything beyond this life. And I think uh, fear has been a really gripping reality, unfortunately, for a lot of people. Well, it has, but it doesn't have to be that way. It means that no, uh, in many cases, uh, you know, these masks everywhere you see, I feel like we're having ha- Halloween all year long. Yes, sir. Uh, because you can't even see the person. You don't even know who you You know that you don't know because of the mask. But uh, anyway, yes, I, sir. everybody's got to get through this thing as best they possibly can because there is hope on the other side of this. I, I'm, I'm convinced of that. Uh, yes, you know, the, the YMCA, uh, w- and which I grew up in, um, their motto, I guess you might say, is mind, body, and spirit. Well, okay. it all starts with the mind. And I think yeah. Andy Stanley, who is one of the lead pastors of all, all this group, uh, talks about what you think and what your mind thinks for you, and that will bleed into your heart and your soul. Did I say that kind of right? (laughs) Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, I mean, the passage that we even looked at on Sunday together that Andy shared with us um, out of Romans chapter 12, uh, it's a really powerful passage and and really good for even these times in our culture. It's one we looked at actually at the very beginning of the pandemic as well. And it says, um, don't be conformed any longer to the pattern of this world. And that is just kind of allowing the, the news media and, and every latest headline to direct your life or just the ways of everyone else around you. But it says rather to be transformed um, into a different kind of person. And then it says how it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so I think exactly like you're saying, it, it, it absolutely begins with our thoughts. It begins with what we put our, our focus and, and our attention on. And um, so. Yes, sir. I, I, I couldn't agree more. It it all begins in the mind. That's right. Uh, yeah. If you get your mind right, you can probably get the rest of yourself right. I, I believe that wholeheartedly. Now, yeah. sometimes Andy comes on. You do a great job of every message you've ever provided for us up there, and I admire you yes. for that. But he's right now doing a, a series. Uh, is it Love and Heartbreaks? Is it a dating-type series? What's That's the, right. Yes, sir. Love dates and heartbreaks. That's right. We're we're uh, we're about to wrap up that series this coming Sunday. Well, two things. Uh, y- you may think that oh gosh, I'm not really dating anybody anymore, and and I'm in college. And I don't really care about that. But these messages apply to everybody, whether you're dating, uh, not dating, and considered, or whether you're married and been married for twenty, thirty years. It all applies. Every single sermon. And I don't want to call them sermon. Every single message applies to everybody. You can't leave that auditorium without hearing something that applies to you. Uh, And I want to encourage, and you can tell me how to do this. Uh, Anybody that listens to this message will listen to that, I think, a six-part series of love, dates, and heartbreak. How do they do that? How do they get to that? Well, they can definitely go to our website at AthensChurch.com, and uh, there's just a button in the top corner that says Watch. And they can uh, follow along there for sure. Uh, Andy also has a lot of his messages on YouTube. And so if you're specifically looking for messages from Andy Stanley, he's got a, his own YouTube page. And so you, you can go and uh, find that information there. And so I, either of those would be good options. Well, when you put Sean C. and Andy Stanley together in one organization, I think you, uh, you've hit the high, high road. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, sure appreciate that. Thank you. It's an o- honor to even be uh, 
to be in the same conversation. And, and Andy, like I say, as a mentor, who's just made a tremendous impact in my life. Well, I know that you're constantly working to get more uh, visitors and more of everything, I guess, but you've really come of age in a very short period of time. And anybody that, again, wants to really benefit from a wonderful message, you're a teaching-type minister, in my opinion, so is Andy. And you're not going to hear a whole lot of preaching up there. Uh, You may take one verse out of the Bible or one chapter and talk about it for 30, 40 minutes. Uh, so it's different when you go there and, uh, we can encourage anybody, no matter what denomination they are, or even if they don't have a denomination to come there because yes, your, sir. your mission again is to what? Lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's a big deal. That's a big deal to yes, anybody sir. that wants to come there. When I was growing up and I grew up mostly in a Presbyterian church, and this is not a dig in the Presbyterian church, but in my particular church, I heard a lot about God, but rarely did I hear about Jesus. Now, I always always thought from your church, it's hard to get to God if you don't go through Jesus. Is that true? That That's uh, I mean, it's exactly how Jesus said it. And in John uh, chapter 10, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yes, sir. Well, that's, we, that's exactly right. We might call that biblical, <laughs> if you will. That's that's, that's an, exactly right. What would be your big takeaway uh, about this whole uh, phenomenon we're talking about that involves Jesus? Well, I think, um, I, man, I could talk about that for a long time. I think one of the main things I would say is that um, C.S. Lewis, the author, said this uh, very well many years ago. He said, when you look at the life of Jesus, and if you actually read the things that he said in the New Testament, and even if you're not a religious person, not a spiritual person, I would encourage you to go and read even just the Gospel of John. Um, You can find that anywhere online, or you can find it in in a Bible. But when you read the things that Jesus said, you have to come to the conclusion that he is one of three things. And, And really, no one who you know, studies ancient history denies that there was a human that lived named Jesus. And um, you're going to come to the conclusion that based on the things he said, that he's either a liar, that he was making all of this up, um, or you're going to come to the conclusion that he was a lunatic, that he thought that he was God, but he's not. And so he was just crazy. Or you're going to come to the conclusion that he actually was who he says he is. And that that means that he is the Lord. And and uh, I have just experienced that uh, there is no greater hope in life than knowing Jesus and trusting him. And here's one of the amazing things. I think a lot of us, Danny, wonder, you know, what is what does God want to do with my life? If I like trusted God with my life and said, God, I'll do whatever you want to do. I'll open up the Bible and I'll do whatever it says. What does God want to do? Well, I mean, what he wants to ultimately do, he makes it really clear is he wants to lead us to a life of greater love and grace and kindness and joy. And as a matter of fact, the the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5 that we talked about this fall says it really clearly. It says, essentially, this is, this is the kind of life that God wants to produce in you. And it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it goes on to say, and there's no law against these things. And so I, I think... I would just say um, wherever, you know, people are as they're trying to figure out what their source of hope is and as they're trying to figure out what and who is really guiding their lives, what values are guiding their lives, I would just encourage them to get to know 
the person of Jesus. And you don't need to become a, a, a religious person or a church person or whatever. I think the most important thing is just to get to know the person of Jesus and, and choose to follow him. And, and I just, I just don't think you'll, you'll ever regret it. I've, I've been following him for about 30 years now. And, and I just, I don't have one single regret. So that's probably the big idea for me. Well, that's a very big idea. Tell us really quickly, uh, what is the difference in believing in Jesus or following him? Is it the same thing? That's a great question. And actually, the New Testament speaks to that as well, because, um, you know, even as I just mentioned, you know, people and, you know, ancient historians, um, all of them believe, I mean, the, all of all the credible ones, all of them believe there was a historical person named Jesus. And this is fascinating, Danny. This is we could spend hours on this. One of the passages in the New Testament says that even the demons believe that, um, you know, there's a spiritual realm. You know, there are um, spiritual beings that, that we don't fully all see and understand, but you know, a lot of people have experience with that. And you can read a lot about that. But even the demons believe they, they know they mentally assent to the ideas. But following Jesus is a different story. That That's um that's a, a coming to a place where I say. Um, I'm going to actually do what you say. I'm going to live life your way. Um, and so, you know, it's one thing to just say, yes, I believe that's true, but it's another thing. So, for instance, I'll just give you, you know, two illustrations. Ephesians 5 says, husbands, love your wives as Jesus loved the church and gave himself up for her. And so, you know, that is a sacrificial kind of love that that is if you're going to follow Jesus, that's how you love your wife. And uh, you could say the same thing about, um, you know, children. It says, you know, fathers, don't exasperate your children, but bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. And so um, the, putting those things into practice is what it means to actually follow Jesus. And uh, just believing in him, there's a lot of people that can say they believe in him, but that belief doesn't translate into action then you're not actually following him. And so I think that's that's one of the areas I would say is a big difference. So bottom line, I love that phrase, uh, is if you believe first and then you follow second and you do that earnestly in every day of your life, your life is going to be better. I really believe that. But I, I want to remind uh, this, our listeners that this church is a non-denominational church. Anybody yes, is welcome to come there. And we've got a wide variety of people from college students, a lot of them all the way to to seniors. And we want to welcome you there, and and we want to make your life better by coming there. But their main theme, I think, is uh, Athens, I love you. And you'll see this all over Athens. Uh, They don't just—Athens, who couldn't love Athens? I mean, it's the greatest place in the world to live, in my opinion, and to bring up children. Uh, So we thank you so much, Sean C., for doing this interview with us. and giving us a lot of hope and a lot of inspiration, which it's all about hope, in my opinion. And uh, we thank you for giving us your time to do this interview. It, it is a real privilege and honor to be here. Thank you for asking me. And uh, yeah, if, if any of your listeners decide to come uh, to visit Athens Church at some point, I hope they'll look uh, me up and find me personally. I'd love to meet them and love to say hi and see what we can do to help their experience be a great one. So thank you so much for what you're doing. Thanks for letting me be a part of this today. Thank you again. Have a great week. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Take care. Remember to go to our website, thedannydanielshow.com to submit your story. And if you have a good one, let us know about it.
Come back next week and weeks after that to listen to all of our episodes. I'm your host, Danny Daniel. This episode recorded at Vega Studios. Also remember to follow us on social media. We will be posting our episodes on our Facebook page along with the website. Stay in touch with us and spread the word. It's all about hope.